welcome to another episode of the Business Exchange, How Business Works, brought to you by the American Business Council. The Business Exchange is a bi-weekly program where business executives and industry experts share insights on how business works with a deep dive into policies and the biggest stories that impact specific sectors. My name is Margaret Lilly from the American Business Council. Today, our discussion will focus on the logistics and career sector in Nigeria. Now, the career and logistics sector has an estimated market size of $696 million um, dollars in 2018. I mean, this is even really outdated from trade.gov. I, I got some information that um, I think uh, Disney Life um, put it at about a trillion, um, a, a trillion naira, you know, uh, business. And uh, perhaps maybe our guests may share some insights if they have, you know, the most updated. But even this tells us, you know, the kind of key role that this sector plays in the business operation of every industry. I can imagine anyone doing business without having to do some courier, send out letters or do, you know, send out documents or one thing or the other. And, and the functional and effective log logistic network is certainly imperative for the ease of doing business for any sector. And we have also seen, um, and we are still seeing the significant role of this sector uh, with the global pandemic and, and with the upsurge of e-commerce. So, so this episode, we'll be discussing the issues impacting the sector, uh, the implications of the proposed uh, Nigerian Postal Service, um, NIPOS bill, uh, in perhaps enhancing the competitiveness of the logistics industry. Well, I mean, because there are two sides to the coin. There will be the, the bad and maybe the, <laughs> maybe the ugly. Um, so we're talking about also even how this um, looks in, this, in the face of the ease of doing business in Nigeria. And most importantly, uh, the consumer's um, purse or pocket. Uh, the everyday Nigerian whose pocket is already, to my understanding, really sagging at the moment. To join the program, follow us on ABC, AB Council underscore NG on Instagram and on LinkedIn American Business Council Nigeria. And then they use, use the hashtag, hashtag the ABC Business Exchange to continue the conversation. So today we have two special guests. Sumb Akitola and Moses Fire. Now, Sumbo is a partner and the head of the technology, media, and telecommunication practice at Alukwam Oyebodi, a leading law firm in Nigeria. Before we started, I was like, who really does not know Alukwam and Oyebodi? She has been with the firm for over 19 years, which really tells a, you know, tells a lot about her expertise. And she represents several top-tier organizations, including technology companies, emerging uh, fintech platforms, and career companies. And then we also have Moses Fire, who is a legal practitioner and senior research with the Advocacy for Policy and Intelligence, APAI. He has built a great career riding on his ability to conduct intensive research, advise companies on existing laws and regulations and policies in Nigeria and Africa. I also noticed that he has operated you know, in different law firms in different parts of Nigeria. So I, I think we're going to really um, get a lot from his versatility as well. So Sumbo and Moses, uh, welcome to the show. A pleasure, pleasure to be here. on. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. 
So, uh, is you, this is not a law court. I know you're a lawyer, so your voice doesn't have to be really set age. Be, you know, let's, let's, let's talk. <laughs> oh, my great. <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, I, I think the first thing we need to note is for any art sector, including the um, logistic and uh, logistics and the courier sector, the ecosystem it is very, very um, important. And this ecosystem is a function of the policy and infrastructure. I mean, we saw recently what happened in the U.S. with the, um, with, you know, with the approval of of those interesting um, figures, you know, for infrastructure. So, but beyond infrastructure is also issues around policy. So, what policies do you see currently governing this sector? This sector that we are seeing that's really, um, you know, growing. And how have they enhanced the sector's competitiveness? Can, can you, Sumo, maybe we'll start with you. Can you share with us a history of the regulations governing the sector and the postal bill? Thanks, uh, Margaret. I, I think um, I'm, I'm going to start off with a few pointers and say, you know, regulations in itself are essential. And I, I am pro-regulations. I must, however, immediately caveat that statement. Uh, by saying that the success of any regulation requires uh, one a holistic view of the relevant sector, uh, engagement with key players, engineering some form of good and functional balance between the regulator and the regulated entities, such that it's not skewed heavily in one direction. Uh, there's a need for clarity, transparency, and of course, international best practices. And I'm really quite happy that um, the scope and objective of the bill actually set some of these um, issues out. And I, I imagine that you cannot and you will not have a thriving and innovative environment without these key um, elements. I, I, I guess um, in terms of the history, Historically, certain services have been public sector-led. And we saw this in the transport, the power, and the telecommunication sector. And the postal sector is no exception. Uh, however, there's been remarkable shifts in the postal sector since the Postal Ordinance of 1928 to the current Nigerian Postal Service Act of 1992. Um, we've seen tremendous growth, leaps and bounds, and other key players coming into, into that space. And I think we we saw the courier business coming in um, sometimes around the 80s. And I think the 1987 Act was the first point of contact where we saw courier companies actually not only being recognized, and but endorsed by the government to carry out uh, delivery of certain postal services, uh, postal articles. Fast forward to date, we have um, the current legislation, which is the 1992 Act, uh, which repealed all the various acts of the 1980s. And the current Act, it's actually coming under the supervision of the, of the Ministry of Communication and Digital Economy. We also have uh, another piece of regulation, which is um, tailored purposely for the courier and the logistic services operation. And I think we we saw the current minister for the communications and uh, digital 
Economy, Dr. Issa Patami, in July 2020, approving this regulation um, for the Korean logistics services operations. I think essentially the thrust of that regulation is to provide some kind of uh, clarity on the regulatory framework uh, and procedures for courier services. Um, having said that, the, the NIPOST uh, has um, not been as effective as um, one would expect it to be. Uh, and I guess there have been motivating factors for changes to actually enhance the service of the NIPOST. And we saw that initially in 2018, when we had uh, a bill that introduced some changes, uh, there was significant pushback on that bill, and it never saw the, day, uh, the light of day, and it actually fell flat on its face. Um, fast forward to 2021, we now have a bill with similar content, uh, also trying to introduce some changes, uh, which is not too far different from the one in 2018. Uh, essentially, I think trying to catch up with the market in terms of that space, uh, I think is one of the driving factor um, for the proposed changes under the 2021 bill. Um, like I said to you earlier on, uh, regulations are key, but I think uh, there's also the need for the regulations to serve all players in the sector. And this 2021 bill is actually generating quite a bit of debate. Uh, and I think when we go into the main questions, we're going to distill why this 2021 bill is uh, generating such debate. I think I'll stop there and let Moses have a bit of a say. Yeah, no, thanks a lot. I was just about to say that we're <laughs> going to run into <laughs> the real meat of this conversation. Um, and, and uh, you know, because again, when bills are uh, made or, or, or when, when you have policies and regulations, uh, we, we what we what we see um, may not necessarily you know kind of in terms of impact and in terms of um, you know it's being hundred percent um, in line with all the um, interests and, and and the various groups and and all that uh, but it also would involve some level of um, uh, engagement with the stakeholders involved and and so I, I want to be um, I want to be sure that in all this, having, sh having shared with us the history and also um, this bill that uh, the, the bill that's currently on board and and these, um, do we have? Is there one good aspect of this bill as it as it will impact the country? Uh, before we really go to dissecting, you know, other areas which. Um, we 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 uh, will be talking about today because I mean I would not pretend that I'm not privy to or that I don't know about you know this bill because in 2018 I was very much in the thick of engaging uh, you know with the with the house on on, on the on, on the bill. So is there one aspect of the bill that we should be thankful for before we move into other areas? Moses. Yeah. Um... I think uh, so. The 2021 bill. I think the the interesting um, aspect of the bill is 
uh, it's the the intention behind the bill to unbundle night post that's by repealing the nigerian postal service act and establish the nigerian postal commission i think so far if if nothing changes in the bill which is that which is currently before the national assembly i think the bill will create a more effective impartial uh, independent regulatory um, authority authority which it will be a very very far and better um regulatory authority than what it is to uh, what it is now and hopefully it's going to be more effective than what is than what it is as of today Okay, th thank you. I, I would hold that uh, first because there are a couple of thoughts around, you know, where a regulator also becomes a competitor, but we're not going to be talking about that right now. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, there is an aspect of the bill that I find very interesting and it would interest a lot of people who are listening. And this is the issue of um, the, the bill, you know, talking about, you know, um, delivering, having monopoly, does Nipost having a monopoly over the delivery of postal articles weighing up to one kg. Um, so, you know, what do you think the impact of this provision would be on Nigerians? And and Moses, before you you you, you answer, I was just thinking about this before the the uh, discussion started, and I said to myself, okay, so I go to I I, I need maybe some fresh shrimps, and all I just need is just about one kg, and I order this <laughs> from you know one of the fish shops and and stuff like that. So is it my post that's going to um, sort this out for me? I do, don't I have any other choice to to work with any other um, courier company or logistic company? Or is this the company they're only going to get, yeah, in a sense, stuck with one um, organization? In a, in a world where fair competition is really, you know, the heart of the game. So, you know, Moses, just... Let me hear your thoughts before, because I'm, I'm almost <laughs> certain someone is eating to talk. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, let me start by saying, citizens should not, that's Nigerian cities like me and you, and like the examples you've given, should not be compelled to patronize Nipost alone, irrespective of the size or weight of an item. But, but that's what the bill is saying. That's what the yeah, bill so, is saying. Yes, reading, reading it literal, the literal meaning, it says you must patronize NIPOS. But what I'm saying, citizens shouldn't be compelled. Again, I think NIPOS operating both as a regulator and an operator, and an operator is really detrimental to the development of the logistic and career business in nigeria and it's, inco it's inconsistent with best practices globally and even if you take example the the us and i think this also is a negation out of the ease of doing business policy which the federal government have really driven and pushed in every corner and it's also in, in negation with the extent that's competition competition law that we have in in Nigeria. I think um, I think maybe for we as end users, first of all, we are still trying to get used to the stamp duty where you buy stamp for sending electronic money, and the is it the banks or CBN or FIR collect it and remit it back to Naples. And this for me, this um, what's it called? These policies or this kind of policies where the regulator and where the regulators still want to be an operator these policies will not drive 
innovation and will not um, simply because Nipos does not need to function as an operator to make money. So are, I think their their powers, the powers which is given to them in the act is so, so wide that they can generate money in any other way than becoming an operator in the same field that they are regulating. Yeah, we'll talk about that part of the generating money thing. Sumbo. I mean, it's a, it's a clear case of conflict. I mean, it just just bang on conflict because uh, I totally agree with Moses and I don't see how you have this position that's very exacting in terms of uh, you must use Nipost if it's one kilogram and, you know, up to one kilogram. And in the same vein, uh, recall when I did mention that, you know, one of the objectives is to promote investor-friendly environment and international best practices. I think this is absolutely a deviation from that ethos which they actually put out in their, under their objective and scope of the bill. So I think really and truly they need to circle back pretty quickly and have an intentional look at this. Perhaps one of the solutions could be, can we just maybe uh, treat courier articles differently uh, rather than just put everything together as they've done currently under the bill. This is for me a recipe for disaster and it needs to be looked <laughs> over thoroughly. Wow. <laughs> I'm getting worried. So in fact, the more you're, you're talking about it, the more I'm thinking, okay, so I sent my, my passport for a visa to one of the embassies. Uh, and then at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, I, I post would be the one, the only one that would have to get my visa, my passport, you know, from this embassy back to me. I, I honestly think that that's, I mean, well, I'm, 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 I'm the, I'm the host, but I'm also a guest at this point because I mean, we are all involved. We are all concerned. You're going to use those services as well. And yeah, of course you company, need to yeah. have some level of trust in the, yes. in the service being provided, particularly when you have time sensitive documents or very important yes. documents. I'm not yeah. sure anybody yeah. currently in Nigeria, and this is, not doing great disservice to NIPOST would actually entrust such documents. I mean, maybe I'm being <laughs> controversial, but this is essentially my opinion on actually uh, sending time-sensitive documents or very important documents through a system that doesn't seem to be very efficient currently. Yeah, so, and, and that's where I think that a lot of work, you know, could be done or should have been done or like have a timeline and say okay within the some x number of years we need to even improve our efficiency improve how effective we're, we're going to be you know improve the trust and confidence people have in us so that eventually you may even begin to have advocates within the public that would say oh yeah you know nipos has changed things are happening but you don't put i mean it sounds cliche the cat before the horse you want to you know absolutely clearly Create your market before you even start. Uh, before you start crawling, so it's it's uh, it's an interesting um, conversation. But I, I'm I'm sure that this is not going to be the end of this because I know that you know um, there are lots of things that are bubbling up. I, I I'm even looking at healthcare. How can how how would this impact healthcare? People sending samples uh, of of their 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 you know very sensitive test results. You know samples of uh, medical whatever specimens and things like that that they need to um send for tests in other countries and 
where does absolutely does, and, I, and i think this is where moses and his team play uh, quite a significant role i mean i think we are also doing the same thing but collectively uh there must be some level of advocacy in trying to trying to sanitize this space yes. yeah yeah okay. no that's great and so uh yeah moses you you talked about you know the fact that this organization is going to be um very very fecund anyway in terms financially you know because they're going to be having revenues from other sources and all um i i know that no before we even talk about the issue around revenues uh so Sumba, i just want to clarify did they is there any caveat you know um that says okay if you must use any other one but Nipos, it has to be like you know some five times you know the the cost of you know what you'd use with with Nipos. because i i got that again but i i you know i i need to get you know i got that information from someone else but i just need to get clarity on that uh, in spite mm-hmm. of the is there a caveat that says if you have to use for instance x career company then you're going to be paying that career company five times what you should be paying Nipost. If it's over one page in the in, not in the current bill i think one of the things we we are proposing is uh is that there should be such carve out uh uh maybe maybe you don't charge x amount more than what nipos is charging for similar package i think i i am an advocate of free market uh um policies and i think a, a market that tends to create a monopoly uh, particularly in terms of the weight of a of a parcel, uh, and you're denying you as a consumer of the ability to use other alternative, uh, it just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. And I think so. My point is allow other people to do it, but maybe have some kind of um, uh, pricing mechanism in place uh, to allow other people to do it. But you must give people the right to exercise an option of what is best for them in terms of their package okay okay that that that, that makes sense um so again back to the issue of the revenue and i like i said moses had talked about the the fact that uh, this is um uh, an agency that on its own would you know would be rich based on you know um the, the kinds of uh, sources of revenues they have now one of that sort of revenue is um, based on the the, the proposed bill uh, is the uh, 2.5 uh, of uh, turnover from li- um, licensees. Um, so you know I'm wondering um, if this would really not corrode uh, you know the existence of some of the of these companies who perhaps you know um, you know don't don't even may not even have that as a as 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 a turnover you know and uh, so w- what would you suggest as a contribution on a on a, on a profit basis uh, or um a reduction of the percentage so should we be looking at this on the the profit as opposed to the turnover or should we be looking at a reduction like i i hear that in Kenya what you have is uh, 0.5% of the gross annual turnover. So should we be looking at that or should we be looking at, you know, um, the profit basis or should we not even be looking at anything at all, Sumo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't, I don't um, so, 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 uh, you know, I, I, 
it, this has left me really scratching my head <laughs> and in the sense that I'm just thinking what was informing this additional Honestly. Um, layer because ordinarily you what did you say <laughs> that we have to make money <laughs> i know but remember also if if i put it crudely this person is also operating in that space so assuming that is generating some income and also is also licensing courier companies and yes. generating an income from that and you also have in the regulate in the in the regulation for courier and logistics services from two percent contributed towards the a fund so it's left me quite um confused uh, not confused what's the right word to use that this is a bit too much in terms of levies and i'm not sure whether we're going to end up killing the sector uh, by, by all of this. And one of the things they could do to unpack this quickly is rather than saying that on the annual turnover, perhaps it should be on the profit. Because without being a, an accountant, but in Accounting 101, uh, revenues, annual turnover doesn't mean exact cash coming into the pocket of the entities. Uh, it, it could, it could you have to um, extract certain payments, statutory and otherwise before you can even start having a clarity. But it seems to be based on the annual turnover, which is also a curious position. And it also doesn't take into consideration other, other expenses um, these entities actually uh, go through. You have your fan, you have your charges uh, um, from fan, you have your overhead costs and other eyeline items that seems not to have been considered. I think for me, this is a very big issue for any operator or for anybody wanting to come into Nigeria um, to invest in this space. This needs to be looked at and unraveled quickly. And it has to reflect international best practices. If Kenya next door is charging 0.5%, what's the basis? How did we come across, come up with this figure? I think this discussion needs to be very, very intentional. My two cents. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, looking at um, Moses, please can you share your thoughts before I at this point share? Okay, my... uh, I think, okay, so let me. I think the idea behind this 2.5, first of all, okay, I'm against the whole 2.5. If at all they want to get like the, the NIPOs want contributions, at least it should be really drastically reduced. But I think the idea behind this whole 2.5. It's, I think we've seen a situation where federal government agencies, parastatals, want to have this bragging right to show that they have contributed this certain amount to the federation account and maybe get um, favors from whoever. And also, and then kill and the, the goose that's uh, or the goose that's laid yeah. the golden egg in the process. Yes, it's interesting that I think, okay, there is also. Interesting to, to say this year again, there's also a bill which it's not yet in circulation, but because of our work, we're privy to it, NIDA bill, which NIDA again, it's they are trying to repeal their current bill and regulate everything technology. So, where you have logistic companies, 
when you have logistic companies, which in quotes are technology companies, and there's a provision in it that we say you have to also contribute one percent of your annual profit. And again, the mind of some of these agencies, again, when trying to come up with regulations, is they are because the federal government have told them, see, we don't have money to put in your agency or to service your agency. Look for how you get money to service whatever you are bringing to to, uh, to us. So now they go to the industries under their agent under their in 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 any particular in their sectors and say, okay, we need this certain percentage of money for whatever they want to do. And so this creates different layers of burden. When you have businesses like logistic and career business already burdened with different form of taxes, local government payments, I heard, and this will definitely, and like so, as Sumbo said, this, this will also affect investment and drive away investors in the career and logistics sector. And again, honestly, the amount of when looking at even the licensing, the amount stipulated for licensing and renewal fee is exorbitant for most of the current players in this sector. When we know that most of the many careers and logistic operators are MSMEs who cannot even afford the licensing or renewal fees, and they see these fees, and definitely they will see these fees as a barrier to their operations. Thank you so much, Moses, for putting that out because you know when we talk about the issues around the Korea companies and you know investment we people tend to think of all oh, the bigger players right but we have the smaller ones as well we have the MSMEs uh, we have a lot of uh, them that came during the upsurge of uh, you know where people were were stuck at home I, you know I cannot count the number of names of Korea companies that I, I saw you know bringing in, in bikes with food items and things like that and I'm, I'm saying to myself these people are either going to go on the ground and never register you know or just you know pack up 2.5 percent of their turnover where is that <laughs> going to you know so so when when we're thinking about these bills we're thinking about oh yeah the big guys but it's not about the big guys alone it's going to be impacting the msmes it's going to be impacting those who have just set up you know their businesses took loans to get some of these you know motorbikes Absolutely. and things and, and and you know it's it's incredible the the, the kinds of uh, things that we are, we, are, we are going to be seeing so let us not always look at point you know to the to, to those those guys who are outside bringing the dollars or bringing the euros or bringing the pounds but you know also the guys who in the country are trying to earn a living you know by 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 doing this kind of job so they just wouldn't either would register go on there and work clandestine so they would not we're not able to see the impact of 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 how the sector is growing you know and the and the impact of SM, the msme in, in in the space of that sector so so it's it's a very good point you raised there moses and i'm really happy you you shared that so let, let's go to to other issues because i mean we can no, really sorry migrate i just wanted to to just add please, something please. quickly and i think moses did allude to that point i think there's a danger that we are drafting these regulations in silence and so if you have uh, a tech company doing some of this, you're going to end up not only being regulated by NICA, and I have seen that they're trying to reg make, regulate small tech companies, but you're also going to be sitting with NIPOS. And then you're going to have other agencies also. Remember, there are also state agencies you have to pay some level of uh, fees to in order to operate within a particular state. So I, I think there's, there's a danger that in, in the determination to raise revenues, 
for the different um, uh, MDAs that they're so myopic in the sense that they want to raise their funds and they're not evaluating the ecosystem totally. And that potends great danger for, for, for a thriving sector. Absolutely right. Yeah, and, and I know. In, interestingly, this is you know this is one of the sectors that that is critical for the future. You know, and when we are looking at how we are playing, because Nigeria is not going to be sitting as a country alone. We are working. You know, yes, cliche global village, but even more so with the AFCFTA. There is all this whole idea about how are you going to be competitive if your policies and your regulations and your bills are not in sync with you know what will make people even invest and even the ones who operate locally thrive you know so you just have people doing stuff in other countries and coming here to just um you country becomes in itself the the recipient of of of, of what other people are enjoying and we're not we're oh, hoping oh, and praying that that's really so also margaret please also understand that even if you're looking at the major companies the fact is that they act they're actually adding value they're employers of uh labor and they they're paying taxes and i i think you know you 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 pity the young the smaller ones but also the big ones are being on the ground it's 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 a very dangerous um situation we find ourselves in totally yeah okay uh, let's let's actually move to some other thoughts and and this uh, speaks um to uh, issues around investment so in addition to um the recommendations and the thoughts we have shared so that so far uh what more can be done in the area of policy to enhance um investment into infrastructure that will encourage competition in the logistics and career space and, and also improve commerce within Nigeria and outside the shores of Nigeria. I mean, I've mentioned, you know, the AFCFT, uh, you know, in this sector. So what, what really can be done in this area, uh, Sumbo? I mean, my thoughts exactly, my, my singular thoughts. You know, I, I have a bit of a concern when I'm paying a particular sum of money to a competitor and a regulator to meet salary payment, I it just doesn't sit well with me. I mean, that's my personal view for starters. I, I, I don't mind if some of these funds is actually being utilized to develop infrastructure for the for efficient postal delivery. But when it comes to um, paying things like salary, it leaves me scratching my head thinking, is this entity not thriving or making enough money to meet its, uh, its operating cost? That's my number one item. I, and I think also when we also have to take other things to, into consideration, uh, maybe in our further discussion with the legislation, legislative arm about this, I think there has to be a clear distinction between courier and postal services. And this needs to be addressed in the bill. And I, you know, I think under the uh, United Nations uh, classification, there, there, there are distinctions, but which we are signatories to, but I'm not sure where we actually are not paying attention to this aspect of, of things. Um, also, I have a bit of concern about tariff fixing. Um, I, again, this is another curious one. It's really curious in the sense that um, how do you start fixing tariffs? For me, this is also an anti-competitive practice, which is 
at odds with what the with the what the bill seeks to to achieve. Uh, um, so I think that needs to be looked at when as part of the my recommendation that this needs to be looked at and properly evaluated. I have a concern with the special powers to intercept, to detain, open inspect, uh, and do all sorts of things. Uh, again, I'm 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 pushing that this needs to be to look to be looked at. And also of significant concern to me is the fact that um, in in this bill there are no provisions that provide for intentional stakeholder engagement when you're coming up with regulations and guidelines. That's Absolutely. a very peculiar situation. In, in, if I look at other industries that I actually work with, if you look at the Nigerian Communications Act, which regulates telecom, and they have intentional provisions that actually actually provide for engagement and dialogue and uh, with various stakeholders. You do need to have this. Um, without the stakeholders that operate in your sector, you have nothing to regulate. So for me, this, these are part of my recommendations. I'll let Moses also add his recommendation to mine, and then uh, I think we need to engage this 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 bill intentionally to get something that works effectively for the sector. Yeah. So, so Moses. Yeah, uh, so, I agree with what Sumbo uh, has alluded. I think I'll I'll start with. I think one, it's we need um, there needs to be more awareness in terms of. The, the what this whole bill and this whole the kind of bills and policies that are coming out in this sector because honestly even the players in these sectors don't are not aware of all this of this current bill majority of the players in this sec sector and we have tried we are trying our best and i know um, in the coming weeks we'll have like a public discussion on this bill i think moving forward i think as Sumo has said i think there needs to be the policymakers and the NIPOs need to, and again, the Ministry of Digital Economy need to also, they need to be approached so that they can include like a more kind of a multi-stakeholder kind of engagement in this uh, in this bill or give opportunities to even the players in this to come and add their own side of uh, their own side of the issues they are facing because even going um moving away from the bill there are more there are many infrastructural issues that are even affecting the logistic business and we know that in nigeria the e-commerce sector is tied to the logistic business and as long as we don't get the logistic business industry right the e-commerce industry we are not we are also not going 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 to going to get it right Absolutely. and again i think i think they i am also because my little experience again in this policy space and as uh, sumbo has alluded we find that government agencies and mds actually they work honestly they work in silos they don't collaborate in working together and i think governments need to NIPOS or the ministry of digital economy need to go back and sit down with other agencies and review this bill and remove whatever clauses they need to remove and put in whatever clause they they they, they need to put in and bring out a more comprehensive and a favorable bill to the to players in the logistic and career industry yeah i i think that's you know what you should be expected um i i know that even ap has been involved in recent times with 
conversations around the the, the current um, the finance bill act and and the fact that the ministry is you know reaching out to different stakeholders to at least plan plan, plan to to get their 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 voices into um, you know the thoughts that would go in and that's really um, the way the world is and the way the world should go in terms of you know working around bills and policies i'm just curious to know if there was ever um a stakeholder engagement in this or if we know of any stakeholder engagement either either by through the um the the house or the senate you know before it was passed at the senate or even if um there was an engagement with the ministry or even with the not with nipos at some point was there some kind of a public private sector engagement you know that kind of talked about these challenges and the impact of these challenges because you know it's one thing for us to 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 talk about things but if we don't talk you know if we don't talk with that you know around the table about things then we can't move uh, f- forward so i'm assuming that you know maybe there was no talk or not enough talk um is there any anything like that what do you do we know if there was some engagement yeah. around uh, this yeah to the best of my knowledge there was no engagement but currently we are uh, trying to engage NIPOS and the Ministry of Digital Economy to have like a multi-stakeholders kind of conversation regarding the bill. I'm sorry, there's also one aspect that I forgot to add. I think they uh, they need to be review the provision in the also in the bill, which um, which vests the minister with the power to compel any to compel any licensed courier or logistics services operator that's to undertake free delivery services for the purpose of uh, they call it universal postal service obligation or social service delivery so, so, yeah. so i think they will call that csr will they call that csr yeah. well, that yeah. is mandatory for, for csr that are already csr by force by fire so i think they should that that position needs to be reviewed or removed entirely okay i think i think i'm aware that there's been some level of engagement but it seems like they're not getting traction uh and i think it's it needs needs to be made abundantly clear that a regulator would only be successful if the the sector it's regulating, it's thriving and innovating. Um, we're not, there, there's going to be more engagement and I'm aware that a couple of people are coming and speaking, wanting to speak directly and say, we, you must listen, not because we just want to line our pockets, but I think when you look at it holistically, what are we paying um, already? And why does, do we need this additional 2% or all this um, additional regulation, which would not grow the, 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 the entire sector? So I know that there's been some discussion, but they're not sort of like getting the traction. I think another, I think another thing is, um, so beyond just uh, engaging with the regulator, I think we also need to, okay, any, whoever, is engaging the regulator, which group of persons. I think it's also necessary to know that, again, the regulators, most times they just, yes, because you pressures those to engage with you, to hear your own side, they do it to fulfill all righteousness, but go back and do whatever they feel 
they want to do or want to achieve. And it's Moses, now you talk, Amo. So, because I've seen this happen countless of times, and I can give different personal stories. And I examples. know. Okay, so, you know, yeah, but you see, it, it really varies from. Because I, I mean, I have been in the business, or I've been in the business for a very long time now. Um, you know, yes, you may not record successes if, in, in some cases, but in some cases, you still have some good ones. You still have, um, you know, engagements that have have really, um, you know, proven very successful. So I, I think, I think that you know, there is. Um, it, it, we we must you know really be sandwiched, saddled with, between or or astride in a sense between being optimistic and saying, well, this is old practice, nothing would come out of it. Because indeed, I I, I still think that you know there are there are people you're able to engage in government and you know let them know the impact because it will impact them as well. You know, so it's it's so I think at the end of the day we should have a would have a forward kind of forward thinking um, approach towards engaging um, we would go ahead and still do what we, we have to do that's my that's what I advise and suggest and you know because if you run Absolutely. into the room with a mindset that well it's business as usual it's just you know it's just just for us to tick the box um, we would not we would not move forward so we'll keep we'll keep you know um, you know hitting keep the door keeping on yeah keep keep on keeping on keep hitting the Absolutely. door of of advocacy and engagement and uh, and and believe that very you know that up that we will be optimistic that things will come right so i mean we we can go on and on i mean this is one for me i believe that this is just the first of many of this um series on the postal deal that we're going to be talking about because it it, it really impacts you know every facet of of life no matter what you want to think about or which area of that life you want to think about and it's been really a very enlightening conversation Sumo and Moses I really in fact I, I don't want this to end but as always there is this birdie that always tells me that ugh, we've you know uh, we've gone uh, past the time and in fact been singing to my ears all day you know how it is some <laughs> where even mosquitoes are like, but this is you know really <laughs> sport. so sadly we have come to the end of the show um i would ask that you again please follow us um you know on business exchange on apple podcast soundcloud and spotify and also um our social media follow us at ab Council underscore ng on instagram and on linkedin the american business council nigeria and again you know we can follow this conversation um, on the the hashtag the abc business exchange super and uh, moses it's really fantastic having you uh on this on this program thank so, you Margaret. i've thoroughly enjoyed myself and i i, I think <laughs> like I think, like you said, we must we must come recurring on with the discussion. I think it will be nice to have this engagement maybe further down the line to see whether there's any changes made to this bill or whether there's any headway at all. It will be nice to have a post-mortem if this become absolutely. an act eventually. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, so on that last note, I would say uh, thank you again. And uh, so to everyone listening, uh, please uh, see you. I will eventually see you. Um, you know, in the next episode, same time on Tuesday, the 14th of September. And thank you for listening.
Okay, before we end the show, I would like to share that the American Business Council, in conjunction with the Federal Ministry of Communication and Digital Economy, the United States Trade and Development Agency, USTDA, and private sector partners, are organizing a virtual cybersecurity conference um, scheduled for Wednesday tomorrow, that's tomorrow, the 25th of August at 3 p.m. Nigerian time. The conference will serve as a platform for engagement with government, the private sector, influencers, civil society, and academia on the policy and strategy initiatives around cybersecurity. We are going to have great speakers and panelists, including the Honorable Minister himself, as well as the DG of MIPTA. We're going to have great voices from the private sector and, and people who are legal luminaries, as they call them. So we would like that you register and the registration uh, platform is the cybersecurityconference.abcnig.com. Just to repeat nicely and slowly, cybersecurityconference.abcnig.com. So we'll, we'll see you then tomorrow, the 25th of August, 2021 at 3 p.m. Thank you. <laughs>